Good evening, everyone. Oh, happy Sabbath. Go on this side. Oh, I'll go over <laughs> on this side. Well, my name is Carlos. Uh, this is my wife, Lisette, and our two beautiful children are here with us as well. And before we get started with our testimony, I'd like to ask uh, the wisdom of God to be here and uh, to guide us as we uh, give our testimony. So let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Father God, thank you so much for allowing us to make it here safely through the snow, for all the prayers that were raised, Lord, for our family, for all you've done for us. Let your name be glorified through our testimony. Hide us, Lord, and only the brightness of your love, Lord, may be shown. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, our testimony, as it says here, from city, city people to country folks, uh, starts in how we both grew up in the city. I moved very young to the city where I met my wife. Uh, we've been married for 22 years. We have two children, Carlos and Abigail. Um, and they've been a very important part of our life and uh, also in the decision making to move to the country as well. Uh, we both, uh, I think, uh, moved here at a very young age and experienced what city life was like, and we were okay with it, by the way. Uh, it's not what we think anymore, but we were okay at the time, and we live very comfortable lives. Uh, we have good incomes in the sense that we didn't have to worry about, we didn't have any hardship monetarily, and we're going to be talking a little bit about that as well, how comfortable we were in the city and why God actually kicked us out or removed us from the city to the country, and how he played a role in our lives, and how we now only depend on him. Amen. Before we depended on ourselves and what we could provide for ourselves, even though we were in church, but our dependence now is solely on Christ. Genesis 19:15 through 17 says, When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass, when they had brought them outside, that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind your, you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Our, our story is very similar to Lot. We didn't make the decision to move to the country. The Lord made it for us. And we have to give thanks to him because that was the only way that we would have made the decision through the different situations that we went through. Uh, this picture was taken about four years ago, and you can see how small our children are. Uh, this is at a park within walking distance of our house and walking distance to their school. They attended one of the top schools in the city. Uh, it was a charter school, and we were very happy with that. It took a very long time to get them in there. Uh, we did everything possible to, so they could go up and attend to this school. So our mindset about education was completely different to what is now. Um, we were okay with the way they were being uh, trained and raised and educated through the system that we were putting them in, and to the point that our children were also as busy as we were in the summers, we would put them in, in college programs so they can excel even further in the, in the school that we're in. And my wife will actually partake in that as well in, in the sense that she would continue her studies through the whole time that we were in the city. 
So we'll speak a little bit about that, but I want you guys to notice something in this picture. We're both wearing glasses. We're not anymore. We made a lot of changes, and some of those changes actually helped us in healing our vision naturally. We didn't depend uh, on anyone's uh, wisdom other than God and how to change our diet. And we started praying, and through prayer, the Lord started answering. And through the wisdom that we kept continually reading uh, through the Word and um, the Spirit of Prophecy, we found out many ways that we can actually start healing our bodies and restoring our minds. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about tonight. Well, I'll give you a little bit of what I used to do in the city. Uh, for 16 years, I worked in a wonderful company. It was a really great company to work for. I worked there as an account manager in New York City. I worked also uh, as a merchandiser, and I also trained people that were coming into the company. So my job was actually something that I really enjoyed doing. I didn't even consider it work. It was a passion for me. It was something that I enjoyed doing. And a little bit of that actually had to do with me not wanting to move out or even considering moving out to the point where anyone that talked to me about country living, the first question that would come out of my mouth is, please tell me your address. And if they would tell me a city address, I would shun away from them. I didn't want to hear anything about country living. That was not in my conversation. I was too comfortable in the city. And this is why our testimony is so similar to the one of Lot. He got so close to the city where he felt so comfortable that everything seemed okay to him at the moment that the angels came out and took him out. Oh, I also was uh, involved in our church very heavily, as you can see, but my beliefs were just a little bit different. Uh, even though I was one of the uh, deacons and I was also the treasurer in our church, my participation in church didn't affect my spiritual uh, and uh, my relationship with Christ. Um, I'll talk to you a little bit of how my day went about. Uh, for many years, I, my schedule didn't change. I would get, wake up at 5.30 in the morning, drink a cup of coffee, get up, Start looking at my reports, looking at inventory reports, running different uh, inventory sheets, making sure that the routes were done for all the guys that were going to go out and work that day, make sure that they were correctly done, and making sure that they were aware of the tasks to be done. Uh, I also started corresponding back and forth at 5.30. Uh, by the way, New Yorkers wake up very, very, very early, and they would correspond with me. So we would get things done very quickly. And... Before you knew it, I was watching the news. I depended a lot on the weather, whether, you know, if it rained or snow. It, it, it was something that it was just normal for me every single day. I would then take the kids to school, rush to take them to school, put them in an early, early school program that, that they had. If I was too busy doing my reports, then I would take them a little bit later. But it was always in a rush. And I remember telling them, let's get in the car. Hurry up. Get out, go ahead, run over, this way, go that way. And sometimes it would take us five minutes, maybe possibly 10 minutes to make it from our school, uh, from their school to our house. And sometimes it would take me 20, 25 minutes, depending on traffic. That's how bad it is in the city to move around. But we were used to that, and that was our daily, daily uh, life. Uh, another thing that comes to mind is also how my children were also feeling comfortable with this routine because it was all they knew. 
I am a teacher. I, went, I taught for 13 years in a public school, and I went to school for six years. I actually graduated with two, um, math, two bachelors, um, two degrees, a Bachelor of Arts in Bilingual and Bicultural Education, and also Liberal Studies in Mathematics, Science, and Technology, specialized in math. And throughout my work experience, I went back to school and I got my ESL certification, which is teaching English as a second language. And I continued to further my education to the point that before we moved in November 2019, I only had three credits um, to finish my master's. And at the same time, I also was the church secretary, the AY director, Sabbath school superintendent, and Sabbath school children's teacher. So quite a lot there going on. And this is how my itinerary looked like. And um, I will wake up at 5 in the morning and do my morning routine, try to exercise a little bit. And I did my devotion pretty quick. I didn't spend much, much time doing any of that. And then I had to get ready because I had to prepare breakfast for the family to eat before they head out. Then I, I commuted one hour to work and one hour back. So the school where I taught was quite far from where we lived. And I spend there all my work hours from 8 to 3.15. And after that, I also sign up for an after-school program. And I stay there from 3.30 to 5. And it seems like it doesn't matter how much money you do in the city, you still need more and more and more. And that's why I worked. And I went also to the after-school program and worked some more. And then I will rush back to pick up my kids that were also in the after-school program. And from 6 to 9, it was the evening routine, breakfast, um, dinner, um, do homework, showers, getting ready, try to do some household duties in the meantime. And it got to the point that it was, I was getting very tired. And I would no longer had time or strength to do, to do dinner. So I started um, asking the family, what do you want to eat um, tomorrow? Do you want to eat Mexican food, Dominican food, Thai, Vietnamese? We had all these restaurants around us. We lived in a very diverse um, community, and we had a different meal, a different dinner from different parts of the world every day throughout the week. Um, it sounds interesting, it sounds fun, but it's really not because it's not what I really wanted to give my family. And it's not, it didn't have the best ingredients in it. Although it was vegetarian, it was not the best. So, how our itinerary for our kids was, we dropped them, we dropped them off in school, 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, school hours, 8.15 to 2.25. The after-school after school program was something that we chose for them, and it was uh, so immersed into the, the way they, they acted, because we were actually feeding certain things to them, based on what we wanted an outcome from them, you know, the outcome to be. We wanted our children to be specifically smart in math, doing this, doing that, and we would push extra courses on them. Every single day, this was going on. And to us, we were the perfect parents because in the school that, that our children grew up, we were, in a sense, kids competing with each other at this age for knowledge and for precision. And I could see the stress in the parents trying to figure out when a three or four, five-year-old is going to go to what high school or what college are they going to be going to. And we were under, also under that stress. So we wanted our kids to excel, obviously, because we were in the city. But our eating routine, 
it was a little bit different every night because we kind of depended on my wife to make it at home on time. My routine actually affected our whole family. It depended on where I was in the city, how bad was traffic, and did you guys notice that I did not have a devotion at home? I was doing it in the train. That was my time alone with the Lord while I was traveling in the train from my house to the city. I would park my car, I would start listening to certain things in the vehicle, just catching up with, with certain uh, subjects that I wanted to catch up on. But my true devotional happened in the train. That's the only time that I had with the Lord. I was not necessarily the priest that the Lord wanted in my home. And that was affecting our lives, but I didn't notice it. because We were too comfortable in our lives. And, and so how, this is how my kids started to grow. And um, in the after-school program, we, to the point, you, you kind of feel bad that we felt bad that our kids went to school in the early program, went to school regular hours, and then in the after-school program. And we said, well, if they go to the after-school program and we put them, we set a schedule for them where they can do extracurricular activities um, that they offer that were separate from the actual after-school program, then we won't feel that bad that they're being in school for so long. And that's how we kind of resolve that, which is definitely not the answer to, to, the, to solve anything. But we put them in computer programs, Lego, sewing, kneading, uh, music, different um, uh, arts and crafts. So we thought that was interesting and that will keep them busy until we finish our work life. And that's definitely not the answer especially all those hours away from home, really, really can affect a child's life and, and their development so as our kids in a negative started, way. As our kids started to grow, then we have the option to give them a pass for the bus. And all the kids took the, the, the bus in school, um, either you know, public transportation or the school bus that went and picked them up. But we lived so close to our house that they could actually start taking the bus. But we never thought of all the, uh, all the dangers in the bus in the city. Uh, when you look back now, we start thinking, wow, it was, was this something that we just consider normal? Even being responsible in some aspects, it was okay because everyone does it in the city. It's life as normal in the city. So that's actually something that now we look back and we're thinking, we were not actually guided by the Holy Spirit in the decisions that we made because we didn't ask for permission. We didn't ask for wisdom. We didn't ask for anything from God. We just moved along through our lives. And this is when in 2015, I, um, I joined a book club over by phone and throughout uh, different friends and family members that were scattered all across um, the United States. And we started reading Preparation for the Final Crisis. And we were, when we were reading that book, the author uses passages from the Bible and the spirit of prophecy to organize the last day events leading up to the second coming. And that's when the Lord started working in me. And I started thinking more about my children's education. And I started thinking, well, I went to work and I will teach like I regularly did. And then I thought, well, my children are also being th um, taught, but the people that are teaching them don't have any principles, any God's principles. They don't have the same knowledge that I do. And the Lord started putting that in my heart, and it was working on me to the point that I felt very restless. And I said, I can't, I'm doing a disservice to my children. 
And, and the Lord was putting that there, and that's how we, we started making some changes little by little. Yeah, I remember her coming to me and having that conversation, and I said, how long did it take us to get into the school where they are right now? I mean, why are we going to let go of something so good that we have for them at the moment? And why are we going to, in a sense, endanger their future by removing them from that school for you to teach them? And my wife said, read this. And I was like, no, I don't want to read anything. No, thank you. <laughs> read this. And so I read it. And I remember my wife telling me, we need to make some changes at home. But my role as the priest of the house was not yet. In, I was not doing my part yet. So when she told me, we need to make some changes at home, and I like to homeschool. And I said, OK, that's fine. Let's try it. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work, you can go back to teaching, and they can go back to school. Hopefully, we'll ask for a period that they'll accept that we can put them back into school. And so that's how the, a little bit of the work that what God was doing in our lives began. And so we made the decision, I think it was in 2019, early? Further on in the presentation. Yes, okay. <laughs> um, so this quote, the Ministry of Healing, page 480, it says, many who profess to be Christ followers have an anxious, troubled heart because they are afraid to trust themselves with God. They do not make a complete surrender to him for they shrink from the consequences that such a surrender may involve. Unless they do make this surrender, they cannot find peace. And that's, what we're, that's where we were. We were struggling, we were thinking, we were restless because we didn't want to give it to Jesus. We wanted to do what we wanted to do. Well, the thinking process before the move. The building where we were, where we were uh, living in the apartment was going to get sold. And we, we came to the agreement with, uh, actually, my father-in-law owned the building. So, and we had one of the apartments in the building. So we came to the agreement. Okay. Let, you know, he said, we're going to sell the building. I said, fine. That's okay. So we started looking around. Uh, and here are some of the options. I mean, this is how much the Lord was actually talking to us to move out of the city. But... We still Let me just interject uh -huh. there. Um, we said when my, when my father said, oh, I'm going to sell the building, I said, oh, yeah, by the time you sell it, it takes six, to, six months to a year. No problem. We'll be fine. Because that's usually how long it takes to sell a property in at the city time, yes. at that time. Yes. So we really didn't think about it. But Yes. So this is a commercial building. So we thought it's going to take a little bit for it to sell. As soon as he put it in the market, within two days, someone called and they're interested in the property. They're looking at our apartment, and we got to get out of our apartment because that's where they want to live. <laughs> so my wife immediately started looking for another place to rent. We started looking at hotel options. We started looking to purchase a condo, maybe to, to move out a little bit further away from where we lived, maybe North Jersey, South Jersey, where we still could commune, uh, commute, but still make it within enough time that we don't have to change our lifestyles. We were, again, our lifestyles were comfortable. And so we started looking at the situation, and we started, for the first time, praying. And we started asking God for wisdom. And for the first time, we we're actually talking to each other and communicating what we really want for our family and the spiritual need that we had in our family. The Lord was literally grabbing our hands like the angels did with Lot and pulling us out but we were pulling back. 
we were literally pulling back. So we looked at apartments. My wife went crazy for like a few days. She asked for a few days off. She started looking for apartments. We didn't like anything we saw. Um, the prices were drastically changing because everyone wanted to buy in the city at that point. And so we thought, okay, so we're not going to be able to find anything, anything at the moment. So we said, why not consider something different? So before we move into a hotel, why don't we consider our property in Tennessee? Mm -hmm. And so that's how the move began. We didn't have any option. We were kind of pushed against the wall, and we were being pulled by those angels. And we saw the hand of the Lord guiding the whole move for us from beginning to end. So most of, the, most of the time we were finding excuses not to move, but the Lord was setting everything up for us to move. And that was the last quarter of the year for you. So what yes. happens during the last quarter? Well, the last quarter for us meant that that's when we made the most money. And, and the company that I worked for, that was the most important quarter of the year. And as you know, Black Friday, after Black Friday, that's where the numbers turn black. Everything becomes more about money and, and making sure that all the projects, all the contracts are, are in, and making sure that all the distribution happen. I worked for a company that imported and distributed specialty foods from all over the world. So I needed to be on top of those things. And so when I came to the company and expressed my situation, they tell me, don't worry, we'll figure it out. So I was calm, I was at ease in that sense. But when we started talking about moving to Tennessee, another offer came up, and it, can you explain a little bit? Yes, and I like to read Country Living, page 24, paragraph 4. More and more as time advances, our people will have to leave the cities. For years, we have been instructed that our brethren and sisters, and especially families with children, should plan to leave the cities as the way, op as the way opens before them to do so. Many will have to labor earnestly to help open the way. And the Lord was opening that way, but we were trying to close it back. Yes. So in 2017, uh, we came to visit some family and friends in Tennessee. We liked it, but not enough for us to make any commitments. So we said, okay, let's, let's go around. One of our friends told us, why don't you drive at least for a day with a realtor see what you see and like what you don't like and maybe like something and put a down payment. You don't lose anything. You know, you do something about it. So I said, I said to my wife, well, why don't we consider that? But I thought more of a business aspect. Okay, maybe in the future I can sell it. We don't have to commit to it. It's not going to rot away. It's land. And we looked around and we said, okay, maybe we can retire in it. So we thought, okay, maybe that's, that's, a, that's a good option. So we went around and we didn't like anything at that moment. Nothing, nothing seemed to fit with us. So we went back home, and later on, we started thinking a little bit more about it, and the realtor reached back to us and said, hey, there may be a property that you may like. Would you like to consider it? And so we came down to Tennessee. We bought the property, but we went back home. That was the end of it. When you think of it, all we remember is was paying the taxes, sending the check, and that was it. We have no plans to move here. And so... In 2019, when things started to change, the Lord was actually guiding and preparing everything for us. And that's where we see the, the, the hand of the Lord, how, he's, how be, he began to prepare everything ahead of time for us to make the move, for us to actually acknowledge that he's talking to us. Mm -hmm. And so in 2019, all of this is happening. The building is about to sell. We need to move out. And we tell, 
we talk for maybe about 15 minutes and we say, we need to move to our property. My brother-in-law calls me up and says, hey, why don't you consider buying a camper? And I said, sure, I'll buy a camper. And he calls me, there's one not too far away from here that's only been towed one time. And I said, we'll take it, send me pictures. And so we talked about it, we shared the pictures, he was at work, we talked back and forth to text and we said, okay, we'll buy it. So we wire the money, we get it three weeks later prior to our move. We're in desperate in situation here. So we get our trailer and he tells me, why don't you keep it on our property for a little bit while you guys prepare your land? Our land was raw land. There was nothing on it, full of trees, and we had to deal with that. And in the middle of the winter, pray that your escape is not in the winter. <laughs> Let me tell you, we learned so many lessons. I'd never used a chainsaw in my life before. And we were so blessed with the good neighbors that taught us how to use it, with people that came over and, and taught us how to fell trees and things like that. But. And then we had a job dilemma because um, my husband presented the proposition, the proposition that we were going to move, and they were like, oh, where are you moving? And we said, well, Tennessee. They're like, that's in the middle of nowhere. Why are you guys going over there? And they started thinking about it, and they came up with a plan. And it was the perfect job proposition because it was going to ensure financial stability. Um, my husband was familiar with the description of the job. He had the background knowledge. We felt confident. Um, and they said, they dropped this at the end, you're gonna move to Tennessee with a New York salary. And we were like, wow, the Lord is so good and so merciful. We can just go have what we want and be financially stable. And then we prayed about it and we talked about it. And the Lord revealed to us that was not his plan. Because further on, they were explaining to him what the job was and, it, and what it entitled. And he was going to have to travel to Florida, to Atlanta, Georgia, to Kentucky, to the big cities uh, around us. Because now he was going to, the company was going to branch out in the middle, right, in this area. And because they already were stable in the east and in the west, and my husband was going to be the one that would bring the company to the middle, to the, uh, the mid here in uh, the States. So he needed to travel, spend long hours, spend days and weeks doing what he, what he did, and he was going to be away from the family. And that was not God's plan. And he, praise the Lord, he made us realize that that's not what... That's not what we were looking for, and that's not what he wanted for us. So then we consider the other side of the coin. Move to Tennessee with no job, financial insecurity, afraid to the unknown, a lot of uncertainty, and pretty worry. And you know what? We took that deal. Yes. And from there on, we have seen the hand of the Lord guiding us. And I tell you, when we declined that offer, uh, something in my gut told me, you're going to be okay. And that was the Lord speaking. And he told me, you're going to be fine. But out of all the struggles that we were going, one after the other, one after the other, I say, wow, what else can come our way? And that year happened to snow a lot <laughs> in Tennessee. So I, w I didn't mind. I, w I came from the north. I was used to the snow. So we started falling trees. But here's the predicament. I also have a, 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 a dilemma because... I was teaching, and before you want to do a drastic change, you have to give at least 30 months, I mean, 30, uh, three months ahead uh, notice. 
And I didn't because we only had like two week notice that we were moving and we didn't know what to do. So I started, um, I started uh, emailing the school principal, sending letters to the district superintendent, constantly contacting HR and through phone calls, emails. And you know what they did? They told me in the month of November 2019, if you leave, we are going to threaten you to revoke your teaching license. And that was, whoa, that was pretty intense to me because that's my career. And I, we prayed about it. We, we said, there's no way. We can, we're not going to stay here. The Lord wants us to move. And we moved. Yes. And I still have my teaching license. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to tell you that when you, when you put your hands in the hands of the Lord, the Lord will guide you. And you need to prevail because Satan is going to try to tremble you and bring you down in so many ways through your career, through your, your kids, through your spouse. But stay strong and believe in the promises because he is real. He is real. God is real. And when you trust him and Amen. you believe in him, he will reveal himself to you like he did to us. And one more thing I wanted to say, we moved November 2019, but before that, my husband was saying, we had already spoken how I wanted to homeschool. So believe it or not, we didn't even know the house was going to be on sale where we, uh, by November. And in September, I submitted my resignation letter. So I submitted it with the time of my last day of work being January 1st, 2020. But we moved November 2019, so I still had two months to work. But we moved 2019 at the beginning, so when we moved to our camper in my sister's property, we, I had to call every day. I needed to time. log in to a computer where there was no signal, so I was chasing the signal. And and I had to chase the signal to send that email every single day for two months. I said, Lord, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I was just a nervous wreck. But the Lord continued to provide for us, and, and we will pray. And we did come closer to the Lord during that time of trial. And when the date came, we were like, I'm free. I don't need to call anymore. I don't need to do anything. I'm, I'm just here for sure. So I praise the Lord for that. And the Ministry of Healing on page 481 says, there are many whose hearts are aching under a load of, of care because they seek to reach the world's standard. They have chosen its service, accepted its perplexities, adopted its customs. Thus their character is smart and their life made a weariness. The continual worry is wearing wearing out the life forces. Worry is blind and cannot discern the future, but Jesus is the end from the beginning. In every difficulty, he has his way prepared to bring relief. Amen. So this is the trailer that we purchased, or the camper that we purchased, and with that, we made the decision to finally move to our property. I had to build this within two weeks, the, the structure that you see there. Uh, we had nothing on that property when we got there. 
It was uh, actually I did the mistake of walking on my neighbor's property, thinking that that was my property, so we were clear. So I tell my wife, "Hey, we have no problem. The property's already cleared out." So when I started looking at the maps and we finally get signal on my phone, I was like, oh, I'm standing on the wrong side of the, of, the, of the property. And so that was a little bit discouraging. But, you know, the Lord will guide you. The Lord wanted me to make a change. And through the work in our property, he's been also working in our character. And, and that is the key. Don't, let us not forget that the reason to move is to work on our character, too. When we get too involved in the everyday in our properties, we tend to forget the main reason that we are there to provide for others as well and to work on our character. There is no other way that we can do it if we're not changing our character. We need to reflect the love and the character that God wants to put in our hearts. So that, it was the beginning of our country living. And so you see this picture right here? That's how bad it was with snow in Tennessee. And I didn't know everything shuts down with one inch of snow in Tennessee. I, to me, it was ridiculous. I said, one inch, really? I mean, I need to get a chainsaw. So <laughs> I went down to, to, to Alabama, and it was worse. They don't, they don't clean any snow in Alabama. So I got my chainsaw. I took it apart for maybe four or five times, thinking that this thing is, is something must be broken with it, not realizing that I didn't know how to manage it. So <laughs> I went to my neighbor. My neighbor took the time to teach me how to use it. And, and this is the guy that we serve. He makes provision ahead of time. And he'll place the right appointments at the right time for us. This neighbor that we have was so wonderful. He walked us through everything and learning everything. He made provision to different members of other church or the church that we visited at that point was in Muscle Shoals. They came over to our property. They asked us what we needed. We told them, I need to cut all the streets. You mean fell? Yes, I need to cut them all. He said, you need me fell. You need to fell a tree. I was like, I don't know what that means. I just need to cut him clear a section <laughs> so I can put a camper on it. And they came over. They taught us how to use the chainsaw, how to be aware of certain situations with it. And you see me here on the bottom, bottom right uh, wearing all the gear. It looks like I'm a professional there, but I'm just afraid of what I was doing <laughs> at that moment. But the Lord guided us through it. And you know what? When we put our lives in the, in the hands of the Lord, we'll see that not only will he use those angels to pull us out, but he'll also use those hands to guide us as well through this situation. And that's what we're so thankful for, everything he's done for us. Yes, and one more thing that I learned throughout, um, throughout the perhaps cu first couple of months when we moved, my husband and I were, will argue a lot. Because remember, we come from a situation where I left home at 7 o'clock and he left and we didn't see each other until the evening. And now his character and my character were conflicting. Yes. Because we knew each other, but we were total strangers. I don't know if you can understand what I'm saying. And now he wanted to do certain things, and I'm like, well, I want to do certain things. And, and we were just bumping, and, and, and it was not easy. It was not fun because I was very independent. And I did what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it without major things, of course, consult with the husband. But I managed myself around. I was very headstrong also. And I just want to tell you that the Lord has changed me. Praise the Lord for that because I needed to surrender not only to the Lord but to my husband as well. And that is a strong lesson to learn and it's not easy. But we need to allow our husbands to be the priests of the household. We need to do that because that is their role. 
And I praise the Lord because I see that and I still ask the Lord to continue to guide me in that direction. Something that you mentioned about both being headstrong, we both like running things. But, and I like that about her because that was something that I appreciate about her because I didn't have to think for her. She's running herself. She's running the part of the family. I'm running this end of the family. And we're okay. We're, we're managing that way. But when we move to the country and we're living in small quarters and now we get hit with COVID that we're not allowed to go anywhere. And I will and, say, when are you going to go to work? Yes. When are you going to go to work? And I'm calling to work. I'm saying, uh, listen, give me half an hour. Let me get to the closest city so I can talk to you and that my phone don't drop. And that went on for maybe about two weeks to the point where we're like, we need to make a decision. We need to make a decision and we need to close certain doors that were opened for the Lord, by the Lord for us at certain times to help us get to this point. And that was a tough decision. And this is, I think, a, a situation that many of you may be going through that want to move to the country. There will be a time where the Lord will bring you to a place, but that's not where we need to be. This is just a stepping stone for the Lord to bring you to where he needs you to and, and we needed to understand that. And we were not clear on it at that point. So I put my letter of resignation. It came back. Think about it again. Reconsider. Put my letter of resignation one more time. Came back. Reconsider. You don't have to, you don't have to do it. We'll give you six more months. And I said, we can't be playing this game. And so we prayed. We prayed a lot. We prayed a lot. And so the Lord provided through our savings and how to manage our property. And this is where our gardening experience began. We knew nothing about gardening. We had no clue as to what we were doing. We planted a bunch of seeds thinking that they're all going to grow. And we're excited about this. Yeah, like 80 cabbage heads, like 90 broccoli seeds, and crazy numbers. Yes. And the soil condition was literally the condition of our hearts. It wasn't good at all. And we learned to amend the soil. And as we amended the soil, the Lord began to amend our hearts. And that's how the process of healing began too, because we needed that healing from the Lord. We were so used to being dependent on our own. We were so used to making decisions without even considering him that we needed that. By the way, I did not know what a briar was. I did not know what thorns were. And when we started pulling briars down from the trees, cutting ourselves, removing stumps, it's tough. And I, sometimes we thought, is this really worth it? But are we really doing the right thing? Is this really country living? Is this what the word, the, the word was telling us that if we move to the country, I will provide for you. I will give you the land. And yes, that is country living. The Lord needs to work in our character first before we can begin to understand what true country living is and what true education is. Because at that moment, we didn't know what we were doing. We'll get to that. He's asking what happened to my job. <laughs> well, we resigned. We resigned. That's yeah. it. We gave it bye-bye. We, we didn't, you know, we just didn't. Yes. And then, so, so the Lord is changing and working in us. And now we have that same year, 2019, we moved. 2020, we found out about Adagra. We're like, yes, we need to learn. We don't know what we're doing. So we came, and it was right here in Florida, and it was a blessing. Yes. It was a blessing. And when, um, after we learned, this was a year after, this wasn't the first year, and we now could enjoy um, our wonderful snap piece that we see there that's in a trellis that we put up. 
and the beauty, the creation. We saw flowers. We saw nature growing. We, it was just the Lord was renewing ourselves. We, it's like we were being born again. And our children, our children were engaged 24-7 outdoors, indoors. And it was just planting, gardening, cleaning. And, and, and that's what the Lord wants for us, for us to see that we can find him in nature. And the city can have parks and certain areas, but it's not the same. It's not the same when you are removed from all the noise, from all the busyness, from all the headaches, from all the um, worriedness that is in the city. It's totally different. So how do we sustain ourselves now? And I think that's a huge question. We saw a, a massive gap in the chain of command in a sense through what we saw in the country we see a lot of women that are moving to the country i'm not sure why the lord is speaking to them and we're closing our eyes as men but a lot of women are moving in the country and they needed help so i constantly start getting phone calls can you help me fix this can you help me repair this can you help me do this and i'm saying well i'm in the middle of my build so no i can't do it but the Lord started talking to me and saying, well, maybe you can make a business out of this. So I started doing construction in the country, and I enjoy it. It's different. The Lord is teaching me how to do certain things. We're learning with, with grace of God. We're learning little by little. And through the same process, too, we're also building our house. We see how the Lord helped us uh, with our foundation, by the way. That was also a struggle. And that's the door of our garden. Yes. Um, we, we, we've been blessed. We, we still don't know what we're doing, but the Lord is helping us. Yes. And we can see some products, uh, the product of our work and the labor and the dependency on God and what he does to us and with our children. Because when we first moved and we planted that amount of uh, products and they didn't come up, we were very discouraged. And the kids, and what do you tell your children? Mm -hmm. That this is what the Lord brought us for? But we were like, no, it's because we need to learn how to do things. And we will try to encourage them and tell them the Lord wants us to learn. That's why he put us out and we thought that we were doing was the right thing. But now we need to ask for help because we don't know. We were both city kids. I never planted anything in my life. And I will get gifts and plants as a, as a teacher and they will die on me. I couldn't even water them. So it was, it was really bad. I had a black thumb. It was bad. But you know what? The Lord can change anything, any problem that we may have. If we give it to the Lord, he will turn it 360 around. Yeah, so that, that was some of the challenges. Our soil condition was terrible, like I said. We didn't know how to amend it. And now COVID, is, we're in the middle of COVID. And so we started praying to the Lord, Lord, how can we amend our, our, our soil? How can we start working on this? And we started learning about our characters as well. We started praying more and more to the Lord, giving our lives, surrendering our lives. We started reading the great controversy. We started eating up her books, the, the books for, for Spirit of Prophecy. And through that, we also saw that we needed to start changing how we thought about education. And through the system, we also learned that we are to follow rules, their rules. We're to follow, like, eyes closed. And we learned that. We don't need to do that. We need to think for ourselves. We need to start analyzing things. 
And so that's what we began to do. We started teaching our children to the different chores that we have at home, through the building of the house, through the measurements, through everything. And we saw how much more improvement there was with the few months that we spent with them, opposed to them having them at a wonderful school that we thought it was providing everything for them. Yes, and here in this picture, you can see our blueberry bushes and um, some of our orchards. We have planted um, apple trees, pear trees, plum trees, and many others that were eaten by the deers. And, um, and, and it's a struggle, but you know what? You, we need to persevere. And they're still young. Some of them are producing. And I like to do, uh, read the Ministry of Healing, page 54. Christ loved to gather the people about him under the blue heavens on some grassy hillside or on the beach beside the lake. Here, surrounded by the works of his own creation, he could turn their thoughts from the artificial to the natural. Right. In the growth and the development of nature were revealed the principles of his kingdom. And that's what we are attempting to do, to teach our children through nature that God is real, that God is there with us, that we can see his marvelous and tender love towards us. And in this next picture, you can see our, um, our daughter Abigail um, reaping the... Uh, the um, the harvest. The harvest, the harvest, and we can see here it's cabbages, and the background we see sunflowers, which we love sunflower seeds, and um, strawberries, lettuce. It's just wonderful how the Lord has blessed us. And I'm there picking up. Um, uh, next picture, yes. Um, cutting some cilantro, um, and my son actually those the tomato harvest. He's the he's our expert. He has grown to love agriculture and I praise the Lord for that and he chose that variety of tomatoes and and I wanted to display it there he worked very hard he both of them worked very very hard so we took the decision at one point that either we start building during COVID and it cost three to four times the cost of lumber you know if you remember everything went off the roof and so we decided Let's pray and let's make a decision. We need to start buying materials. So we decided to start praying. And the Lord showed us that maybe lumber was not the option. But we decided to start building with, with uh, blocks. And as we started building with blocks, we actually saw how the Lord actually improved our health too. Because we were exercising. We were doing, moving certain muscles that we never moved before. But we follow the guidance of uh, Proverbs 24:27. It says, prepare your outside work. Make it fit for yourself in the field. And afterwards, build your house. We definitely cling on to that. We started mending our soils, like I said before. We started building our, our high tunnel. We started preparing many, many aspects that we didn't consider before and, and repairing the things that we had done incorrectly. So that's how we see the, the, the hand of the Lord guiding us and, and helping us through every situation. There is a way to do it. You just have to put your trust in him. And remove yourself from the equation. Just give all to him. Give permission for him to do anything that he would like in your life. And you'll see how the Lord will start working in Amen. So our house building project, uh, I'll be brief with this one. This is where we are at the moment. As you can see, that's what, that's what we're, we're doing. Uh, a lot of the work we did as a team. And we learned so much from each other. I actually learned more from my children than I learned from a, from a book. They teach me so many lessons each day. And, and it's so wonderful to work hand-on-hand -hand with my wife. 
And the Lord still continued to fix some of the issues that were there and repair some of the brokenness that was in our family. But through the grace of God and just giving our lives truly to him, we were able to accomplish and come to the point where we are. And we're still growing. So there's still many things that we still need to learn. But I ask for your prayers. And I ask for you to pray for our family as we pray for you as well. And for those trying to make the decision to move to the country, do it now. If the Lord is impressing that on you, do it now. Don't wait for the Lord to do something like, they, like he did to us. He literally pulled us out of the city. It may, not, it may not be your first or last chance. It may be your only chance. And, and I just, I forgot to say when the Lord moved us out, we had about two weeks. How do you pack a house and a basement and how do you fit that in a truck in less than two weeks? It was chaos. We left, we decided to leave a lot of our furniture and we just pack, 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 pack and put things in boxes and in totes and it was a disaster. But you know what? The Lord wanted us out because what happened the year after? COVID. And I tell my husband and my children, if we would have stayed and we, if we would have been stubborn and continued to give up excuses, either my husband or I wouldn't be here because we were in the epicenter of everything. Yes. So homeschooling actually changed our, our lifestyles too. We started doing homeschooling through many of the books that we continue to read to today. Uh, the Spirit of Prophecy is awesome, a way to homeschool. You can find everything in there. Uh, you worry about math, there's math in there. And Ministry of Healing is one of the great books that we read. And, and through that book, we find out that our kids also need a job in, in the place where we live. They need to learn to do certain things. They need to also find a way to that in the future, they, if they like it, they can also continue with that and, and encourage them through, through what we're doing at home as well. Yeah, they can't have idle time. And the book Education says, the Holy Scriptures are the perfect standard of truth and as such should be given the highest place in education. To obtain an education worthy of the name, we must receive a knowledge of God, the Creator, and of, of Christ, the Redeemer, as they are revealed in the sacred word. So that's what we use as our curriculum. We use the Bible, the spirit of prophecy, and nature and work. See, this is how we homeschool now. This is how we homeschool, and when we are, let's say, for example, we plant, when we got our, our blueberries, we got a few varieties, and I said to the kids, we don't know what these are, let's, let's um, have a lesson about this. So please, let's Google it, let's figure out what they are, what they're good for, can you make me a chart? And they will make a chart, they will distribute it, I will help them make the different um, classifications, fill it up, and present it to us. Done. And, and that's how we, it's very practical. We're very practical and intentional about what we do. And I like to, um, I like to say that I'm very, very blessed for uh, Joshua Weiss uh, ministry, a thinking generation, because it helped us also open our eyes to what true education really is. It's not bringing 
a secular curriculum or a Christian curriculum from elsewhere, from other denominations and applying it at home or bringing computer work and sitting your child for a certain amount of hours in front of a computer and doing it at home, that is not true education. That is just schoolwork being done at home. And we need to realize that we are living in the last days and we need to be different. It's just, we'll show you some pictures and we'll go quickly through them. This is our, our garden now. And this is the, our classroom. Yes, this is our classroom, true. And so in the, back, you, in the background, you can see our high tunnel being built, uh, which we also use as homeschooling as well. We did all the math. We did all the Pythagorean theorem that needed to be done. And so we square everything off. And so our children are learning through, through the process of actually putting their hands on. So. And these are the chores. They have, we have animals. We have rabbits and dogs and cats and chickens and guineas. And that is also part of their homeschooling because they're learning how to be responsible, attentive, careful, and all of this help them and help them shape them into the citizens that we want them to be, not for the world, but for heaven. And they run the budgets as well for this. They know how much feed and so on. They need to give us reports. And that's what I was used to at work. So now I have small children that actually help me still keep my mind sane in an aspect, but they're doing it through the way that God intended, through nature. And also, you can, I don't, you can really see it, but the cage that is there, my son and I build it. The um, chicken coops, my daughter, my husband, and us build it. So everything we do, we do it together, and there's a lesson to be learned behind it. Yes. Next one. And here we see our wonderful kids. They are grown now, and that was um, through, a, they were doing a canvassing program. And that was tough on me as a mother because they've never left our house ever, ever. They never slept anywhere else, no family, no friends. They were always with us. And when they went to a summer program for canvassing, I was just a nerve wreck because I was like, what was going to happen? What, you know, they're young, 14 and 16. It was just, they're in Memphis. And, and all of these things were coming up. And I was very disoriented and I was thinking before we made that decision, was that the good, a good decision? And then the Lord brought us together into more prayer for our children that were canvassing and it just happened that it was the most wonderful experience they've had and that we had also to reflect on our teaching, to reflect on our, on our spirituality, marriage. to reflect on our, on our marriage. And, and to come together to pray for our children and for the rest of the kids that were canvassing. And we definitely saw some growth in them, too. We saw how they began to be a more spoken, divine appointments, a lot of divine appointments that would call us at night and tell us how the Lord guided us through divine appointments. It's such a wonderful way to also homeschool. And, and, and I also want to say that our kids are our kids, but we need to let them grow. We can keep them next to us all the time because they are individuals and they need to raise, they need to, they need to grow mentally, spiritual. It's not, it's not, this is my parents' religion. Their religion has to be our religion, but they have to realize that. They have to come up with that. They have to understand it. Not because I tell them we are Seventh-day Adventists, they understand what that means. And, and the canvassing program did something extraordinary in my, in my kids. 
which they saw the necessity to be Christian. They saw the need of the people out there and how they could provide and meet that need through the books they were giving them, through the experience they were learning as they were also reading certain books. And I myself had to read the, the book, uh, Culture Ministry, because I was just a nerve wreck. And, and when I read it, I was at ease because the Lord says there that he will send their angels to be there with them Amen. as they're corporatoring in the field. And I was like, praise the Lord. I don't need to be there because the Lord is there. Amen. So we'll close with a few more slides. And we really appreciate your time. Uh, we want to thank you again for allowing us to give our testimony. Um, and I like to read education. Can I? Yes. Okay, thank you. It is the work of true education to train the youth to be thinkers and not mere reflectors of other men's thought. Instead of confining their study to that which men have said or written, let students be directed to the sources of truth, to the vast fields open for research in nature and revelation. Amen. And I think we're out of time. <laughs> well, this is our family now. You see how much our, our, our kids have grown. And we are so blessed. Uh, we've come to realize that our characters is the most important thing. And so if you pray to God, he will provide that piece of land that you're looking for. If God has put that in your heart, make the decision sooner than later. And continue to pray for us as we pray for you as well. God, God bless you. you. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.